Lots of channels, nothing to watch, especially if you're searching for the truth. It's time to interrupt your regularly scheduled programs with something actually worth watching. Salem News Channel, straightforward, unfiltered, with in-depth insight and analysis from the greatest collection of conservative minds like Hugh Hewitt, Mike Gallagher, Sebastian Gorka, and more. Find truth. Watch 24-7 on SNC.TV and on Local Now, Channel 525. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. You can find me online at robblackshow.com. That's robblackshow.com. Big event coming up Thursday evening at the Elks Lodge in Palo Alto. It's easy to get to. That's the, the best part about this. 630 to 830, it's income and retirement. I've worked 25 plus years, and I'm closer to retirement than I am towards you know expanding my career. So I need to start thinking about this. Hopefully, you're somewhere near there as well. Uh, you can learn more about the event by going to Rob Black Show or newfocusfinancial.com, newfocusfinancial.com. And sign up for the event there. Plus, there's five or six really good downloadables. One of them is on the 10 pillars of retirement income. And you can learn about what we're going to be talking about. Um, You should know your expenses. You should maximize Social Security benefits. You should plan for a surviving spouse. You should work out your IRA, you know, taxes to be as efficient as possible. This and much, much more. I'm going to go over some stocks that are just core solid names that everyone kind of agrees are great for the 10, 20, 25, 30 years. Um, so you can sign up for the event at Rob Black Show or newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. Use the code radio 25. Now, Friday had good news, bad news. The jobs report was okay. And that's the bad news because the market kind of wants it to go to heck in a handbasket. Jobs are a blood of our economy, right? And if it goes to heck in a handbasket, then the Federal Reserve is going to lower interest rates. And that means lower credit card payments, lower mortgage rates, lower refi rates, uh, lower borrowing costs for corporations. It means that you can't get as much of a return in a treasury or a bond. And that in and of itself says you should own stocks. And that's why the stock market likes it. Now, again, the stock market's got an extended valuation. It's up 17, 18, 19% for the year. And that's through the first half of the year. That's incredible. You remember the TV show, That's Incredible, with Kathy Lee Gifford? You probably don't. Um, it had a couple people. And Fran Tarkington was one of the people. And it'll basically be stories from around the world, videos from around the world, like, here's a car that rolls uphill, but it's a neutral that rolls uphill, and it's kind of an optical. Like, it was one of those things. Here's the man uh, with incredibly long fingernails. Here's the man who, the incredible Yogi Kudu, who can get into a box the size of three foot by three foot, and we're going to submerge him in a pool, and if he panics, he dies. But he's the term that's incredible. It's been pretty good on the markets this year. Deutsche Bank over the weekend said, not so much with us, major restructuring. They're going to cut 18,000 jobs. They're going to exit its global equities and trading business. They're going to suspend its dividend until 2022. That's a lot of pain. Now, oddly enough, Wall Street likes that. If you're going to be a company that's struggling to grow revenue, you might as well fire people in the eyes of Wall Street because that's something. Boeing, down again Saudi Airlines has cut a big order, almost $6 billion of the 737 MAX order in favor of Airbus. Now, this is a company-specific issue, yet Boeing's weakness, because they have such large exposure to the Dow Jones Industrial Average and the S&P 500, pulls the market down with it. 
Verizon was downgraded today to neutral from buy at Citigroup. The growth just isn't there, and they're a little bit worried. The growth in TV and other services other than wireless, the wireless is great. 5G is going to be fantastic. It's going to be like butter. Um, but their problem is that if the Sprint deal does go through with T-Mobile, there could be a price wars. Um, hey, end of the year, we have a new Star Wars film. But hey, before we get there, new Spider-Man film did well. Oh, and hey, there's a new Jungle Book movie coming out. Those are the reasons to own Disney. You have to find reasons not to own Disney, and it's tough. It's one of those stocks I think you could own for the long term. It's a little broker advisor for the actual new stocks ever mentioned on the show. I own shares of Disney. Anyhow, the go-to excuse that the Fed's going to cut rates has caused the market to pull back a little bit right now because the jobs report was good enough. Um, there's a lot of downgrades today on Apple, Applied Materials, Lamb Research, Western Digital, NetApp, as well as a reminder that you know, there is no trade deal between the U.S. and China, and it's far from certain. Uh, to say that both sides are being incredibly, uh, not, I don't want to use the word fickle, both sides are kind of dug in, right? Consumer staples are doing well today. Real estate and utilities, those are areas, particularly consumer staples and, and utilities are areas that like, we have to have. Food, we have to have electricity. So money tends to flock to them when there's a little bit of uncertainty. Rosenblatt gave a pretty nasty downgrade today of Apple, saying essentially, I don't want to say essentially because that sounds bad, um, but they have a problem that the hardware world is deteriorating for them. Now, I'm fascinated, uh, taking a, some time off and going hiking every day last week. I looked at my Apple Watch all the time. Did I close my rings? Did I close my rings? Did I close my rings? And then you study what the new software is going to have in it, and then they got that like that heart rate monitor last year. What are they going to come out with this year? If it's blood glucose, I'm in. I'll get a new one. Uh, but we don't know. Um, so that's a pretty big downgrade today. And I, I don't think it's tough to say I get it. So Apple's downgraded by Rosenblatt. They said after strong service revenue growth over the uh, last four to six quarters and the launch of Apple Music and News, they think the service revenue growth will also start to decelerate. So they say $150 price target on it. And they also kind of say that, you know, in the second half of 2019, um, the iPhone sales are going to be disappointing. What the word on the street is, the next iPhone is going to stink. But the one after that's going to be fantastic because they're changing the way their logic board fits into the regular form factor and they're going to have a, a design pause um, but the second generation will get it right so HomePod, AirPod, iWatch may not be meaningful enough to support total revenue growth and again if the phone, if the uh, watch doesn't do something meaningfully different my Series 3 or my Series 4 my Series 3 is fine I don't need a Series 5 um, I skipped Series 4 because I don't really believe the heart rate monitoring thing is all that in a bucket of chicken yet. Maybe in the future. You can tell me if you have an iWatch and you think it's all that in a bucket of chicken version 4. Let me know. Uh, I've been playing with their software recently. Their new software that's coming out in the fall for the Mac, the uh, iPhone. Not the watch. They won't let me do that because I'm not a developer. But software's nice. Um, the dark mode's probably the nicest thing about the phone software. It just makes reading email that much easier. It's an odd thing to say out loud because that doesn't sound exactly um, awesome, does it? 
So today's story on Wall Street is that the Federal Reserve probably not going to cut interest rates quickly because the jobs report that came out on Friday. Some stocks that millennials love to invest in. I'm always fascinated by lists. Who doesn't like lists? You know, Dave Letterman made a, a career on the top 10 list from uh, Phoenix, Arizona, or Flagstaff, Scottsdale, Arizona, and then he'd always move the home office kind of thing. Cute. But millennials love to buy Tesla. Not my thing. Canopy growth, marijuana. Not my thing. Beyond Meat, overvalued, but I get the church of what's working now. They also like Uber, and they also like NVIDIA. Um, those are the top five stocks that they want. Now, what they don't want anymore is Apple, Netflix, Snap, and Sirius. It's a pretty interesting list. Don't do anything with it. Just uh, start building you know, uh, investor acumen in your brain. Big seminar coming up this Thursday, 11th of July, 6.30 at the Palo Alto Elks Lodge. Income and retirement, it's a big one. Um, what accounts do you draw from? Social security strategies. We leave billions and billions and billions of dollars in badly executed uh, social security strategies. Sign up for the event at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. Under events, use code RADIO25 to get in for free. Catch Rob Black and Rob Black and Your Money live on the Bay Area Airwaves. Weekday mornings from 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. And streaming live on the KDOW radio app or KDOW.biz. Welcome back in. Rob Black and Your Money. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Thanks for listening to the show. Anything that you ever want to talk about, we can talk about. That's the beauty about this show, I believe. Hopefully, I'm being honest with you on that. Um, I want to get you to retirement. I want to tell you things along the way that I've learned, like whole life insurance and variable life insurance. When I was in my 20s, before I got into the financial world, I didn't know that term life was the best way to go. I'm glad that I do now. Um, When I was in my 20s, early 20s, I didn't know that I needed disability insurance. I can tell you from doing this show for years that the number one reason that I see people are poor is that they get disabled. They lose their ability to earn money. The most important thing you have from age 20 to 60 is the ability to earn money. You may think it's your sex appeal. Hey, your sex appeal is pretty good. I'm not going to deny you that. But the best thing you have is your ability to earn income. So you have to protect it with disability insurance. Then you have to learn you're only going to work from age 20 to 60, and you're going to only get a fraction of what you think you're going to get. You should get a Social Security statement in the mail every five years, but you should also get online at ssa.gov. Sign up for an account and find out how much you're going to get in retirement. It's not that hard to do. You can see what you're going to get at 62, what you're going to get at 65, what you're going to get at 70. If when I turn 62, if I'm feeling like I'm going to die in the next year, I'm going to take it. If I'm feeling like I'm going to make it uh, 80, I'm going to wait until 70. Because every year that you wait, you get an 8% return. And in in secured money, that's pretty damn good. So my job on this show is to guide you to retirement, to stop you from making mistakes. Yeah, do I want to own Beyond Meat? Hell yeah, it looks fun. But fun's not the way I get to retirement. One of the things I'm going to be talking about at the seminar Thursday evening, 630 to 830, are hardcore great stocks, stocks that you can buy for your kid today and will probably make money in the next 10, 20, 30 years. Companies like McDonald's, companies like Berkshire Hathaway. Of course, you're going to want to consult a broker advisor for taking action on any stocks, but build up a core portfolio before you play, get into that play money with Beyond Meat, if you get what I'm saying. So Americans believe that they need 1.7 million on average to retire. That's according to a survey from Schwab. But most savers aren't putting enough away every year to get there. That's the conundrum. It's also like the environment conundrum that I, I talk about that I do believe in global warming. 
is accelerated up by man. And I do believe it's going to be a tougher planet in 25 years, but maybe not in five. Maybe I won't notice it in five. I think the retirement crisis in America is going to be much bigger in 25 years. That's why I'm trying to get you ready now. I think there's going to be a world of the haves and have-nots, the way our capitalism system is working, for better or for worse. you got to save for retirement. I've got a friend who's 50, oh, maybe two, and she saved $40,000. She survived cancer. I'm like, that's not enough money. And in her mind, I survived cancer. I should go to France. I should go to Paris. You need $1.7 and she's got thirty dollars or $40,000. That's not good. It's a pretty good number if you average out median salary across the United States at $1.7 million is where people want to get. But for instance, I think I need more. I live in a very expensive state with very high taxes, very high income taxes, very high sales taxes, very high property taxes. So even if I own my own home, I still have to pay property taxes and maintenance on it every year, right? So you never really own it. It's like a uh, townhouse. I hate townhouses in, in concept because you never really own it. You always have that homeowner's fee. Even if the mortgage is paid off, you still have something you got to you know, send money into. More than half of the people surveyed in the poll where they said $1.7 million was a magic number are contributing less than 10% of their salary to 401k. 401k is the largest, bestest source of retirement savings with an annual contribution rate in the United States of about $8,700 by investors. That's a good start, but it's not enough. If you start in your 20s and you stash 10 to 15% of your salary away, you could have, you should have enough to retire comfortably. Um, but if you don't start until 45 or older, you need to set aside 35% of your salary. That's a goal very few people can achieve. And since we live in the world of, I've got a friend who this. He works with Uber and he just bought a McLaren. That's a damn fine car. <laughs> it is a sweet vehicle. But also, I think it's it's showing off. It's extreme materialism. And that money could have gone elsewhere. It could have gone into college funds. It could have gone into savings for his kids. It could have gone into a trust for his kids in later years. He already had a nice sports car. And then he just gets extreme materialism. And I think it's where most of America kind of lands at this point in time. Two-thirds of workers said that they're somewhat confident they'll be able to live comfortably through retirement. And yet, the math doesn't add up. So Congress could soon pass the first major retirement reform since 2006, which is aimed at further expanding access to retirement savings for workers, and they should. It's called the SECURE Act. It would push back the required minimum distribution age for retirement accounts to 72. That doesn't really sound like it's helping you much. It's just saying you, you can work longer until you tap into your nest egg. You know, let long-term part-time workers participate in 401k plans, and they're going to make it easier for small businesses to offer plans to employees. That's the one that I like. So our government's there, and I think they're conscious. I don't think they're doing enough for us. 800-516-1220 to each calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220 to each calls on the air. Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about. One of the reasons I like Visa and or MasterCard, maybe American Express, maybe PayPal, um, Square, is Americans are using cash less and less and less every year. Cash use has plummeted over the past four years. And this is like a trend. And it's a very investable trend. In 2015, transaction data from companies' devices in millions of physical stores showed that half of all customers use their cards and transactions for as low as like transactions of $8. 
four years later, half of all consumers have pulled out their uh, pulled out their cards for purchases as low as four dollars and fifty cents. So we're using our credit card for Coca Colas. You know, uh, we're not using cash. We're not using cash for small stuff anymore. <coughs> Excuse me. Credit card usage has been trending higher during these years, even as transactions get smaller. It's one of the reasons I like owning a Visa or MasterCard investment. They're expensive, but I don't want you to own them for five years. I want you to own them for 20, 25, 30 years. Now, again, here's the fear. What if we start buying stuff with Facebook's uh, blockchain technology? What if Bitcoin takes off? What if we start buying everything on reward points that aren't really cash but act like cash? So in the past four years, we've seen a 10% increase in credit card usage for transactions that are small. That's telling you something. Um, we are a, not a cashless society. One of the companies I first looked at in 1996 is like a, the next Microsoft. was a company called CyberCash. And basically it was a secured bank account on your phone. It was a little bit ahead of its time. But we are going towards a cashless society. I love it. I'm with it. I'm in. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial. Big event coming up Thursday evening in Palo Alto at the Elks Lodge, 630 to 830. Income in retirement. I would love to see you there. CFP Chad Burton would love to see you there. Go to newfocusfinancial.com. Sign up for the event Thursday, 630 to 830. Use the code RADIO25. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money investing, and more. Don't be shy. Pick up the phone. Your questions are welcome. In my early 20s, I didn't know about disability insurance. I didn't know about the right life insurance. I didn't know about, you know where my career was going or how much I should save. I knew there was a concept that I didn't want to work till the day I died. And that's what I started with. I kind of married that into a radio show and into a career. And I met CFP Chad Burton 20 plus years ago. He's a financial planner and he's going to be speaking with me at an event in Palo Alto Elks Lodge Thursday, the 11th, 6:30-8:30. Great location. All about that concept of income and retirement. It's, it's a multifaceted concept and it needs to be kind of like it needs not to it needs to be in your head it doesn't need to intimidate you it doesn't need to scare you it just needs to be in your head cfp chad burton how are you today doing well thanks uh chad we're going into the event this thursday with a market that's up 18 percent. that makes your job my job a little bit tougher because it's easy to make money right now a sharp turnaround though from december november december maybe a little bit of october of last year 2018 where it was kind of bumpy and we felt turbulence and we saw a drop of nearly 20 percent what's your thoughts on i guess the fourth quarter of last year versus the first six months of this year well I, I, the number one thought is that you know we had that sharp decline first of all it was a sharp rally last year if we always kind of review what happened mid-year up to september it was like a nine percent rally and then almost a nine Almost a 20% drop in the S&P, but over 25% on small cap stocks. Um, so it was definitely you know, a bear market if you look at the entire market. But then it turned around really quickly on the, just the opposite news. The, the trade wars, no trade wars, back and forth, just on the opposite news. And so sometimes in a short period of time, uh, the market can be irrational. People can overreact in one direction or the other. Um, and then it eventually all balances out. And so the biggest issue there is that people that go to cash out of fear 
tend to really, really regret that after a period of time. Even if they get it at, right at the top, once you go past where you were when you got out, then you never get back in, and you've lost out on all those dividends that those stocks are paying in the meantime. So it, it's it's very very bad idea to go to all, all cash. At the same time, if you're going into retirement, it's a perfect time to rebalance because you have to realize that you're going to go through these corrections. And as long as you don't need to sell out of your portfolio to put food on the table, to pay your travel expenses, or whatever it may be, you're going to be fine. But you always need that magical three years worth of portfolio draws in cash. So if you're in retirement or five years from retirement and you haven't done that yet, it's a perfect time to create that cash. The market's up 18%. Really across the board, if you look at all 11 sectors from here forward, probably, you know, if you look at FactSet, somewhere between 4 to 6% earnings expectations for the entire S&P 500 as a full. Now, some sectors are going to do a lot better, some worse, but that's kind of the blend, Rob. So you you really got to kind of prepare for that. If you're younger, it doesn't really matter. Just continue to buy stocks. But if you're older, you got to be a little bit more surgical. What you own, how much large, small, mid, international, emerging markets, and cash, so that you're always ready for those small corrections or even the large corrections, and you can make it through just fine. I hear you on that. You know, one of the things you brought up was that um, kind of more long term and dividend focused. In my 20s, and I want to ask you, I wasn't long-term or dividend-focused. I was like, I could do a trade and screw dividends. I don't need that. If I can get 10% in two weeks, who needs a dividend trade or a dividend investment? Does that make any sense? Like, we do change as we grow up, right? Uh, yeah, definitely. And what's interesting is the dividend thing is becoming very important for younger people that don't even like the word retirement. They okay. like the idea of accumulating assets that have passive income. So whether that's a business, real estate, or dividend-paying stocks, um, there's a lot of push into that. A lot of if if you speak to a younger person about passive income rather than retirement, they get way more excited. The idea that you can buy stocks that have dividends of two percent to three percent and they always increase their dividends regardless of market conditions, um, that's pretty attractive. That you just accumulate those over time. It's also attractive just because I think we're going to be in a really low rate environment for a long period of time because of geopolitical issues, not just what's going on in the U.S. I'd be um, cautious on so, that because we've been saying that for a while. Like the, the 90s were great, the 2000s were great. Like, do you know what I'm saying? At some point in time, we'll get to that low return, but it's not there yet. But then again, maybe you're right, and maybe you're for you're, maybe you're smart for predicting it or seeing it. Well, it's, I, I wouldn't call me smart on it because I felt like we've said rates should be higher, you know, in 1999 when we first started doing radio together. But I mean, rates are a third of where they were prior to the Great Recession. You have this disconnect right now with the market up 18 percent and the yeah. and, and people calling for lower rates. So there is definitely a disconnect right there. Something will True. shake out and break even, you know. So rebalancing, getting back to your content and getting back to the seminar event Thursday, 11, 630 to 8.30 at the Elks Lodge, great easy parking, and it's all about income and retirement. This is, I've got fewer years left to work than ever. Um, how does rebalancing change when you go from accumulation, where I'm at right now, accumulating wealth, to distributing it and paying myself income later in life? Well, so when you're younger, if you really want to learn about investing, What you want to do when you're rebalancing your portfolio is funnel your contributions to what you're light on. That's really the best way, because everybody's looking at their 401k choices right now, and they're seeing all these U.S. large-cap growth funds do so well over the last five and ten years. And they're looking at 
you know, the situation where small cap international emerging markets hasn't done quite as well. For example, small cap stock drops are sick, still 10% off their 2018 highs. Wow. Um, so, so that's an area where when you look at asset allocation where something typically spends maybe three to five at the most years at the top of the heap for being in the best asset class, and then shortly after, it's one of the worst places to be for a little while. If you look at the Callan periodic table of investments, that people can Google. I haven't talked about it for a while, but um, if if people are really heavy on the stuff that's already done well, and you look at a fund in your 401k that's got a great 10, 15 year return, but it hasn't done well, real well in the last three to five, and you don't own any of that asset class, whether it's small cap value, international emerging markets, well, start changing your contributions so you can pick up some of those. Keep what you own, but start changing your contributions so you're picking up what you're light on. Um, that's the best way to do it if you want to learn about it. The other easier way to do it, if you don't really want to learn about it, you want to just pick your pie chart and move forward, is turn on your automatic rebalancer, where you pick that pie chart with some help from your 401k provider, your advisor, and every 6 to 12 months, it automatically just rebalances back to that pie chart. It sells some of the winners, puts it into some of the places that haven't done as well, and you're buying on sale. Um, but when you're when you're older, the rebalancing becomes even more important because the first thing you do is you look at the amount of cash that you have on hand. And if it's less than that three years worth of portfolio draws, the first step is you look at your portfolio, what's done really well, peel off some of that growth and replenish your cash. And then you look to the asset classes that you're light or heavy on. Um, and you set an investment policy statement for yourself and your family where you have you don't allow more than 10% drift in any asset class or, or anything. Don't go more than 2.5% in a single stock in retirement either. You can have 10% when you're 30, but over 2.5% in a single stock in retirement doesn't make too much sense to me. You can learn more about Chad by going to newfocusfinancial.com. You can meet him Thursday evening at the Elks Lodge in Palo Alto talking about income and retirement. Super important topic because you work from age 20 to 60, then you live off the fat that you created during that period of time. How do you rebalance and avoid taxes, Chad? Because you don't want to pay taxes on your profits, per se. You do want to, You don't ever want to screw the IRS. I'm not telling people to do that. But how do you rebalance and avoid taxes? Well, yeah, first of all, you got to change your mindset. You never let taxes be your primary decision-maker, because in 1999 and 2007, people were avoiding taxes, and then they got smashed because they just didn't rebalance and they didn't take profits in areas that had gone too far too fast. And so paying taxes is better than having a loss on your tax return. But if you go in with the proper asset allocation between a balanced portfolio in your retirement accounts and in your taxable accounts, a lot of times you can rebalance by redoing it within your retirement accounts where there's no taxes to do it. So it's just how you how you design it in the beginning will help avoid taxes. Finally, because um, we're running out of time, we've got about two minutes. It's been a rough decade for global investors. I don't even look, per se. I, my, that part of my investments is kind of in funds and low-cost funds, so I don't stress about it. I know that I need it. Do we still continue to look at international emerging markets as important, or have they lost their luster, and I, I, maybe I need to refocus on it? Well, it's it's crazy because if you look at a balanced portfolio for the decade prior to 2007, international has been a massive contributor to outperformance. But the opposite has happened since then. 
So it tells me that we're, we're going to rotate back into it. That's where the growing, the, the middle class is growing, right? Um, so uh, you definitely need a part of it in your portfolio. Uh, and the thing you have to realize is that it's extremely volatile. A lot of people get sucked in after a big rally, and then they, they hit that second phase of it, which is often a big pullback. It's just volatile. So you have to be willing to hold it and be willing to buy more when it has those double-digit declines. And then over a 10, 15, 20-year you know, full market cycles, it'll pay off well. Thanks very much, Chad. People can find you at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com to sign up for the event. It's Thursday, 6.30, 8.30. Anything you want to say about the event? We've got about a minute. Yeah, I'm detailed, how to create income, how to do it tax efficiently. There's so many benefits under the 2017 Tax Act that retirees can capitalize on, especially with Roth conversions and creating tax-free accounts, no matter what your income is, playing with the tax brackets, and just all of the things that you can do. It's a very detailed class. Sounds good. See you Thursday, 6.30, People could sign up for the event at the Elks Lodge using the code radio25 at newfocusfinancial.com. I did that today, and I got some of the downloadables. I got the downloadable on the 10 pillars of retirement income. I got the downloadable on how much do you need to retire, and I got the downloadable on Warren Buffett's quotes that I helped create. You can find this information at newfocusfinancial.com. Use the code radio25 when you sign up. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. Take a break. Be right back. Don't forget, there's another hour of today's show to listen to. Find it now at kdow.biz or on the KDOW radio app. I'm probably about to say something stupid, which is the best part of listening to this show. Because this is a great show for information on retirement, for getting you to save money, for getting you to understand concepts of income and retirement and Social Security and insurance and investing. It's a fun world. I use that Acorns app to round up my credit card purchases. I've saved an extra probably $1,500 in the last seven or eight months now um, just because of that. I like saving. It's, it's not that I'm greedy. It's not that I'm focused on wealth. It's that I'm focused on quality of life in retirement. Um, and what do you leave your children? But here's the dumb thing I'm about to say. So I was watching the Women's World Cup yesterday, which I love for so many reasons. First and foremost, to see women playing a sport together, it's awesome. To be as competitive as they are, it's awesome. And, uh, and I just messed up, right? Just as competitive as they are. Um, I just love it because a lot of 10-year-old girls are watching and they're like, I can do this. I can be a superwoman like Carly Lloyd or um, Morgan or Rapino or I fell in love with Rose Lavelle. It's a really stupid thing I'm about to say, but she's so Irish looking and for some reason I love that. Maybe, maybe my genes, I mean, I definitely go back genetically to England and Ireland, Scotland, um, and maybe it's just something brewing in me that says, whoa, maybe it's that she's a peak athletic performance. Maybe it's she's 24 years old. I don't know, but I was like, whoa. Okay. So that's my dumb thing statement out of the way. And I don't think she's like classic beauty. Does that make sense? I think it's like, it's their genetics and her like Irish thing going on. Anyhow, um, U.S. women, they've been kind of embroiled in controversy. Let's step aside from the Donald Trump one. Let's go back to 2016 when they started suing uh, FIFA and U.S. women's soccer for the financial statements, and they want to be paid like men. And first thing that comes out of your head is they don't deserve it. They're, it's a woman's game. They, they can't, they're not selling out stadiums. They're not, you know, their gear's not selling out. 
But you'd be wrong if you think that. In 2016, women's games generated 1.9 million more in revenue than men's games. From 2016 to 2018, women's games generated approximately 50 million in revenue compared 50.8 million versus the men 49.9. The women just won the Women's World Cup. Nike had a new jersey, a champion jersey, by the end of the game. Nike's printing money off of these ladies, and it's not going to them per se. The lawsuit that the women have states that if the men's and women's teams won each of their 20 non-tournament games, they are contractually required to play. Women's team players would earn a maximum $99,000, which is about $5,000 a game, while men's players would earn $263,000 or $13,166 per game. That's about three times as much. And the lawsuit that they have also states that from 2013 to 2016, women players earned $15,000 for making the national team. Well, the men earned 55000 and they, quite honestly, they, they got a bump raise from 2014 to 2016 to 68000 um, That's incredible, and it's incredibly disparating, and considering the profitability and the revenues from the two sides, the women have a, a point. It's like college athletes have a point. They make so much money for their, their NCAAs, and they don't get paid. And a lot of them don't go on to professional careers. And a lot of them are used by the system when they're not studying as much as they should be and focused on their career as much as they should be because coach wants them to get better. I don't know if I believe everything that I'm saying right now with with conviction because I don't know if I have enough data. Um, The men's national team has issued a statement supporting the women's team's lawsuit. And yet, again, we sit here where women are getting incredibly disparate pay levels than the men. Um, There should be a better revenue sharing model to test the realities, in my opinion. And the women kicked butt at the tournament. And if you don't get a, a little bit of glee, um, and then like Morgan did that tea sipping thing, and everyone got mad at her that she was gloating. And you know, men grab their genitals after they score, and like she's right, it's it's sexist. But further on, Sophie Turner ends her podcast or ends her social media updates whenever she has something political to say, and she goes, and that's the tea. So Morgan was basically copying Sophie Turner, cute, not mocking England, but saying, I did what I was supposed to do, and that's the T. We live in a funny society, and it would be better if there was some of the, uh, if women were treated better. But the women's soccer team is making a good case out of it for all women. Um, anyway, that's that's my moment. So that's all I have for you. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on there. Apple got a brutal downgrade today. Um, by an analyst who's basically said the hardware is struggling. The next phone cycle looks awful, and people are keeping their phones longer. And Apple is leading the tech slide today, and they're leading the Dow slide. Boeing a little bit. Boeing lost an order with Saudi Arabia for the Boeing 737 MAX to the tune of almost $6 billion. So those two <coughs> – excuse me. I think I got the black lung pop. Um, so those two companies – are coloring the overall market today. But also Friday, we saw a very good, decent jobs report. And that tells the Fed, we don't need to be bullied into lowering interest rates just because Trump wants that. Boy, is he Teflon or what? (laughs) That's all I got to say on that. So, um, yeah, so Apple's sliding a good deal. Um, the analyst at Rosenblatt said they're going to face fundamental deterioration over the next six to 12 months. 
And that's kind of coloring all of tech. Um, other tech companies like NetApp, Juniper Networks fell, Micron, Applied Materials, Lamb Research, all trading lower. We have a market that's priced for perfection, up 18% for the first half of the year. Back half of the year, we need that trade deal. We need some sort of stimulus. We need the trade deal. We need lower interest rates. We need something, whether it be artificial or real, to you know, power a, a move higher. But ultimately speaking, we got low interest rates, so we should move higher, in my opinion. We'll see. Silver Broker Rise for taking action on stocks ever mentioned. Don't forget, big event coming up Thursday, 6.30, in Palo Alto at the Elks Lodge. You can sign up for the event by using the code RADIO25, RADIO25. Go to newfocusfinancial.com, newfocusfinancial.com. Hit the events page. Sign up for the income and retirement. Use code RADIO25 this Thursday in Palo Alto, Elks Lodge. Great parking. I'm Rob Black.